This is the show, Procrastination Pals. We talk about who's what, when's, why's, and how's. Two best friends with solid gold hearts. We record our thoughts, observations, and farts. I'll get around to the backing track later. Procrastination Pals. Welcome to Procrastination Pals. I am the host of the show, the Grim Reaper of Procrastination, Dan Morganti, and the other host being... Just Josh. Just Josh. Yeah, hi. All right, so this week we're going to be covering uh, life and death and how we procrastinate dying. Not really, I think <laughs> we're just going to talk about it. Yeah, okay, life and death, that's what we're talking about today. Um, before we get started on that, how's your week in procrastination been, Josh? Oh, I've put, a, put off a lot of things this week, Dan. Um, in relation to today's subject, had a had a family member pass away, so I've sort of put off work, put off everything. Even the t- to the point where I was supposed to speak at the funeral. And I thought, I'll just go off cuff. Wing it. <laughs> It'll be fine. Like, speak from the heart. And then woke up at 3 a.m. the day of the funeral and just went, nah, where's my phone? And just hammered out notes and wrote it down at like in a, in a panic. Because I was like, that's, oh, hang on, there's going to the be best. like 300 people there. And yeah. a lot of them love this man. So maybe I should put in just a just a touch of effort. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I, you made the right decision. Well, I made it because I figured if I choked up, and this was this was my stepdad's funeral, so if I choked up and just couldn't speak and it was shit, and looking at my mum and having her look at me like, you fucked this up, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he trusted you. Good try. Yeah, but I was like, well, he know he he knew what who he he, he knew who he was asking. Mm-hmm. So he asked Stutter. you himself. Yeah. Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, well, yeah, you nice. did. You did a good job. I was there. The it was Thank a you. good speech. A uh, few, few chuckles. Yeah, well, you're always after a chuckle, at least one. I did want to because the um the casket was up on stage. I had a, a, a strong urge to, as I got up on the stage, because everyone sort of puts their hand on the casket or sort of reference it or you know acknowledge his presence. Oh, you wanted there. to kick it over? No, I wanted to go, go up and knock on the top of it, put my ear to it, and then just go. No, it's fine. Okay, I was just checking. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, I vetoed that though. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't have. I would have encouraged you to do it. That's, <coughs> yeah, for that's sure. hilarious. Again, I think Nan would have had a problem with it, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, well, shit, I <laughs> nothing that I can How say your really, work? <laughs> really compares to that. Um, uh, Victoria's gone into lockdown, so yep. I'm working from home this week, which is good because last time we went into lockdown, I wasn't employed or I was employed, but just getting job keeper, but now I'm mm-hmm. getting full wage and uh, I'm actually working, which is good. Uh, I'm just playing a lot of video games at the moment because I'm inside, going for a bike ride later. Nice. Doing Get out for that laundry. hour's exercise or whatever we're... I think it's two hours. Is it? Yeah, lucky us, yeah, hey? Yeah, I don't want to exercise for two hours. Well, I never really took much notice of that anyway. It's like... It, once you're take, out, you're yeah, out. Take how long you need to yeah. exercise. It's I mean, not like there's parking inspectors marking your head with chalk and mm. then if they see you again in an hour they're like mate you've got the chalk mark yeah get out of get here get on home scallywag rascal uh, yeah so not much has been going on laundry just laundry is forever look in that corner and you'll see exactly what I need to get into oh for the <laughs> listeners at home there's a lot of underwear a lot of button up shirts a leather jacket is that your leather jacket yeah huh. Josh's leather jacket leather <laughs> jacket uh, just, just for one shoe for your FYI for you that's all my laundry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have just someone else's shit in the corner. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe you might. Maybe you'd had a, a lady caller or a gentleman caller. Or, or 
gentleman leather daddy come over and leave his jacket. Yeah, possibly. You never know. You never know. It is lockdown, though. It is. Intimate Uh, partners allowed. Are they? Yeah. Well, I suppose I I live with a partner, so yeah. yeah. I'm never taking notice of what they say. Just like, don't... Basically, I get the overall gist. All right, don't go... Don't go to anywhere public where there's lots of people. Yeah. Um, you can go to the shopping uh, shopping center. That's about it. Or if you've got a podcast to record, you can pop around to your mate's house and do that. Yeah. Well, we may be breaking the rules on this one a little bit. Ooh, but we both have masks on and are socially distanced by at least two meters. So Yeah. I'm not uh, clenching the microphone with my butt cheeks like I usually am. It's much more Which is hygienic. a refreshing change, I must say. <laughs> much more hygienic this time. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's death. get into it. Hey, let's talk about it. Well. What was do you think was your first experience with death? I, I think a, a lot of kids either have their grandparents die sort of when they're at a at a youngish age, or um, pets are really a, well, sort of pe- people's introduction to death. No one close to me died until I was about twenty six. So yeah, I'm the same as that. I was older and like already knew about death and knew what to what was coming. I mean, I didn't know what to expect, what I would feel emotional reaction, yeah. But yeah, I was 26 when my granddad died, and yeah, that was you know it was hard, but also it was old and a little bit frail. And were you there or in? Because the, where was he when he died? He was in Sunbury, and I was in I was living in Melbourne, yeah. so I was in Australia when it happened. Um, but yeah, it was that was my first experience, uh, and then. Uh, a couple of years this later, two is, years this later, is dad's my, dad. This is my dad's dad. Yeah, and then a couple of years later, my nana died. Who was his wife? She, she like I would say, she died of a broken heart. She. I was gonna say yeah. they, they do say that. Yeah. So she kind of just gave up when, when my granddad died. She was devastated. So it was kind that... of a, somewhat of a relief when she passed away as well. Yeah. Because I think that's what she wanted. I hope that no matter how I die, people say I died of a broken heart. Even if I get hit by the bus. <laughs> yeah. He died of a broken heart. I mean, yeah, broken in the sense that it exploded in his chest <laughs> when he was hit by that bus, but it stopped beating. <laughs> yeah. That's a more, broken more, heart. You know what I mean? As soon as it stops beating, that's that heart's broken. Bro- it's broken, yeah. More figurative than no, more literal yeah. than figurative. Either yeah. way. Yeah. Um but yeah, what was your first experience with death? I think my first experience uh, and uh was with pets. Like I had I remember being in uh pre prep year one. Um, when we, no, we got a dog, a little, uh, chocolate Labrador puppy named it Lucky. Three days later, it died of a twisted bowel. Oh yeah. That's devastating. Not so bloody lucky. And I was, uh, in Mrs. Hill's class when my dad came to tell me, he's like, come on, mate, we'll take you home. Oh, the dog's dead. (laughs) <laughs> and tried to be like he was, he was such a good boy he, I had him in the back And he was, he was trying to get out of the car So he could poop But he couldn't cause, And his little bowel was just no good So Twisted bowel Oh That sounds like a Horrible. painful way to die Yeah, yeah. Oh God. Yeah Yeah Imagine just like Needing to shit Like you feel like you need to shit oh, and then but, just... but it's just putting pressure onto like a Like you know those balloon animals When you pi- yeah. Pinch them off It's just putting more and more pressure onto that Yeah Yeah Lucky went in a bad way Yeah Thing. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so I think that was sort of my first experience. Oh, I also, and also had a goldfish, but who gives a shit about yeah. a goldfish? I remember, I think um, I've got to tell mum that we I needed to buy more food to him, so I just 
break apart Arnott's biscuits and feed him that. <laughs> and he lived for a long time, but he would do the longest sh- poops like that would just hold on because it was not a good diet for a fish. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, instead of fish flakes, just Bicky, just dropping Arnott in there. <laughs> How long did he live on the uh, teddy bear biscuit diet? A, a while, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, mean, it was, no, it was the what, Scotch Fingers. Oh, Scotch Fingers, yeah. yeah. Oh, much better then. Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just a whole Scotch finger floating <laughs> in his bowl. I mean, he's good for two weeks <laughs> yeah. on that. He grew quick. Yeah. Fun, fun fact about goldfish, they're only small because they're kept in small containers. A goldfish will grow exponentially to the size of where it's kept. You're telling me there's whale-like goldfish swimming around in the ocean? Not, not whale-like, but like carp. Really? Okay. Fucking massive, but they'll just stay, you know. So genetically, they see the the confinements they're in, and <sighs> I don't know. Stick to I, that I don't know size. how it works, but it's just how it works. Maybe it's like the amount they eat, and like they'll only eat or movement, or mm. I don't know. But it's pretty fucking cool, regardless. Wait, when you catch one that's like regular size, can you eat it? Do they taste good? Ugh, I, I don't think so. I don't think goldfish are really good for eating. Yeah, they're probably not. No, they're pets. Or yeah. maybe it's just like a mental barrier that people can't get over. Yeah, like you wouldn't eat Lucky. I mean, he had a twisted bowel, so it's probably not great. But uh, Just his in- insides were filled with poop. Exactly. Yuck. That's not good meat at all. No. He was young. <laughs> supple. <laughs> like veal. It was about a puppy. What's yeah. the what's the, yeah, what's the the meat version of dog for veal Ugh, to puppy? Just puppy. Imagine buying like a puppy burger. Puppy. I mean, some places it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going in the pet store, just like, oh, he looks great. Can't wait to get him no, no, and just roast like, him up. Just like, oh, yum. He looks <laughs> yummy. I could just eat him the, up. The clerk being like, Sir, uh, you seem a little bit like realistic about this. Yeah. This isn't like a cute, no. Uh, I don't want to, but I have to. Are you going to eat this, Del? <laughs> <laughs> um, before I let you go, uh, you're, you're planning on eating this, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Looks good. Mate, none of your business. <laughs> Here's my money. Take my money. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, I'd, like, I didn't even have a pet until I was 18 and that dog's still alive. So, uh, like, I didn't dog. experience death close through to me. Yeah, like I said, like through animals, through anything like that until I was, yeah, 26. So, I don't know. I just, And I wasn't, like, devastated by it. I knew what to expect that, you know, people, yeah. people were no longer around. So, I don't remember having a great fear of it when I was younger or... Um, where I learned about it. So, it mustn't have made a huge impact on me. I think it's just, you know, that's part of the way of life. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, c- I can't remember sex education. I don't know where where I learned that um, that's where babies came from. I just remember, like, mum told me that she would say, whenever you asked a question, I would just answer it. Like, yeah. didn't need to go beyond that. It's like, if you're asking the question, you're, you're, already, you're already on the way. Yeah, you're already curious about it. So, you may as well just learn it. So it's like I don't remember like like the conception of life or death being huge when you were younger. Learning points in my life or even making a huge impact on me that I, I, I would be I, able to remember. Well, where because when I like when I was young, I had I don't know if it was a, just a bit of a, like a morbid fascination, but I like I had like suicidal thoughts by the time I was twelve, and like thinking about life and death a lot, and thinking about I don't know why. I had it like that, but I think I was just like struggled with depression from a young age. And like, I think about it now and I go, fuck, 12 years old, Jesus Christ. Like kids nowadays that are killing themselves at at that age and it's going through the roof just from social pressures and, 
you know, um, social media and all that kind of bullshit. But I think I, I, I always had a, had a curiosity about the concept of, of death. And I think the first, so when my granddad died, I was quite close with him and I, I wanted to see his body just because I hadn't been there for his death. Um, and I, because it was just like a phone call and it was like, you know, the day before, you know, Papa was looking like he's going to go. Um, and that it just felt a little uh, numb. Like it was like, okay, yeah, like the same, you know what I mean? It was just like, oh, all right. Um, and then I just felt it important for for, for me, myself to, to, to see his body and just make it tangible and make it real that he's dead. So I went to the funeral home, mum and my auntie Judy took me in and they'd sort of, because they'd, they'd displayed the body for the family the day before and then they, they actually kind of warm him up a bit for to show the family oh. that on the day just before. Not like stick him in the microwave. <laughs> they, they like put him like in warm blankets and, uh, you okay. know, just to keep him. So because when, when I touched him, they'd, they'd had him in the freezer overnight. Ice cold. Ice cold. And it was weird because it was he died on Christmas Day and I'd had um, the leftover Christmas ham for lunch before going to see him. And it's exactly what he felt like. Oh, that's It was just like, so oh, grim. you just feel like cold ham. Like meat. Meat. It's just all well, that's it was. essentially no, what, no, 100%. Become, but it's the first yeah. time you really, when it's not warm and mobile. Um, and then even then I was like, I don't, like I said a few words, but I was like, am I doing this because I feel like I have to or that it's what people do when they're around a dead loved one or is it actually helping me? They talk and then it was bizarre when I first stood there over him. I half expected him to just open his eyes and go, <laughs> like, like, ah, gotcha, you prick. Oh, got me. It was just such a bizarre because almost like dizzying feeling to have you know be close to him, chatty, like always chatting to him, spoke to him on the phone all the time. Um, and then just sort of be sitting there and being like, just conf like it's it's confusing and and nearly dizzying feeling. I almost felt a little bit dizzy. I was just like expecting him to reanimate yeah. and talk. It makes me think about like I saw my granddad's body and I saw my nana's body. Um, just like the them just being meat, but then like thinking about the personality, the their soul and like the biological, like they just don't have any neurons firing off in their head anymore. Yeah. That's what stopped them. Their heart isn't beating. Um, and that really makes me think about like the like the part of them that was human because now their body's just made up of atoms that aren't totally. any different to you know the christmas any, ham in the fridge yeah any other atoms so it's like what part of them was unique and like gave life uh, had life or well, what creates is, the human yeah, soul that, that that makes me think like there's something beyond death like the mm -hmm. yeah do you have much of a belief of afterlife because my my conception of it is that there's something else uh this is it's always a great one to say something else is like no idea what yeah but like because i consider myself almost optimistic agnostic where i'm yeah. just like i'm not going to commit to any belief because i am certainly no authority no one's been able to figure this shit out yet and i'm definitely unable and also i'm skeptical about someone else's authority like oh totally what yeah. do you anyone think else, you know anyone else tell me yeah and that's the bullshit as well and all different religions are just saying the same shit in a different way yeah and it's just like whatever but I, like i feel like one that i like we believe in allah more yeah <laughs> i think one thing i do kind of believe is a really kind of obscure form of reincarnation 
Like, because I, I think you think about the impossibility of, first of all, being alive, being cognitive, even being in my body. Like, just through a, like, you think of it through family, family lineage. Like, the chance of my mum, the, the egg that my mum produced, that p- very particular egg, amongst the thousands that you pass through your period and over the years and the billions upon billions of sperm that my dad has passed throughout his lifetime. The fact that those two things meet is, you know, the chance of that is absurd in itself. But even then you think about just like the difficulties of the dating world in in human society, the fact that my mum and my dad would meet at the right time, the fact that they would even get along, you know, and want to be with each other. And then the night that they conceived me though like all of those things together and then exponentially for their parents and then for their parents yeah. and for their parents like the impossibility of being alive is mind-boggling and that's why i'm like just the fact that everything that makes up me the atoms and, and the again all of those things having to go right for me to, to even be born being impossible it's like well it's impossible but th- that there's a god but yeah, it's impossible that I that I even exist. Yeah. So like literally through through if you look at it on numbers and chance, the fact that you and I exist and are sitting in this room talking to, to one another is impossible. But here we fucking are. Yeah. And, and then I think that when I do die, whatever makes up, you know, th- my cognitive being and and this f- like biological makeup for me to even be present here, that'll break down, and then within an infinite time line everything becomes possible so that some sort of atomic makeup would rejoin like i get absorbed into the earth and the air and then eons and eons on earth changes and might explode but the fact that i something of me would come back together and be in a completely different form not human and not like i'm not going to die and be in in a baby's body but the fact that my atomic makeup could split and rejoin at some stage and be something else yeah why not yeah, I like the uh, like the great cosmic river theory. It's just like we're all part of this one flowing entity. I don't want to say it's like water, but you know, just like we're all and um, it's from um, Aerials by System of a Down. You know that song? But it's just like yeah, <laughs> yes, so lame. But I heard I was like, that's a good metaphor for life. Just like we're one in the river, and then we're one again after the fall, which is like uh, like during the waterfall, that's life. You know, individual droplets all coming raining yep. down, but then. Just uh, back into the universe, the, yeah, basically. and then back into to one. Um, so yeah, that like that's kind of what I'd like to believe. It's too poetic, and I don't think it's actually right. But yeah, but it's, but it's you, a, we'll hey, never know. But it's a great way to look at it. Yeah, I always think it's like once you, you can't cross the threshold and come back, unfortunately, to let other people know. But um, yeah, well, maybe you can. But yeah, well, I, we again, don't know how to. And this yeah. is why we just say I don't know, and I would never. Like, I've got Jesus on my wall, but this is from my nana. Um, but it would never push any theological or ideolo- ideology on, onto anyone. Mm. Like, it's just not my fucking place, man. And I, I know that I'm too dumb. Like, I'm too fucking stupid to be telling anybody what to think. Yeah. It's not that I'm too stupid. It's just, like, I don't have the I don't have the desire to tell someone else what to think. Like, I... my or the authority. Yeah. The authority. Like, my thing is, like, I'm no better than you i don't i know the same amount you do so why yeah and i think that's what i don't like people telling people what to do in general like unless they're in traffic in front of me yeah yeah, your road rage is a problem mate (laughs) we'll talk about this on another one but well yeah maybe anger can be next week (laughs) (laughs) does um 
All right, here's one for you. This is a little bit more on brand. Mm-hmm. Um, does like the thought of death and all this, um, like making you think about your own mortality, mm-hmm. make you want to procrastinate less, or make or give you the Ooh, fuck. like the crushing realization that every second is like your time is, is finite, is, yeah, is, and you should be doing some shit. Is gone, so make the most of it. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what? I'm. It, I mean, it's it hasn't changed me, no. but I wish. It would, yeah. Like, because I, I think I don't fear death. Like, it doesn't scare me. Oh, I'm. I can't wait for it. It's like, ah, oh, the big sleep. Finally, <laughs> God, Just the that best. was a snap of my leg. Yeah, that was a whole lot of effort, wasn't it? <laughs> God, we're so lazy. We're just happy to die. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, we'll just stop eating. Yeah. Like, eh, well, it's hard to get up. I mean, donuts are good, but so is not moving or doing yeah, anything. Yeah, if get it goes out of business, we're dead. Yeah. Just like, yeah. well, grocery, grocery store's a bit far away. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I wish it, I wish it would. Um, but again, it's just for a lack of fear. And, you know, I've always been conscious of it. I know it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Know, the one thing that I'm like most worried about dying is not being able to see what they do with video games in the future like oh, not being able to play God. the I next greatest video game you said this once and then could said what about how i'm going <laughs> <laughs> and you were like oh, i'm sure you'll be fine <laughs> yeah um if you're i think that was what it was if you could come back and see anything like and we're sitting in the room with your girlfriend and you're like yeah i'd like to come back and like just see what are happening with video games <laughs> could you just look to you like what about coming in and popping your head and saying <laughs> hi to me well look that's that's uh implied well if uh, you do- uh, look it, it, it would be implied if you said that kind of shit more often or acted that way but i know for certain that you're just going for the video games man i know you love your girlfriend but i know your ghost would come back and just be like, I'm just going to quickly pop in. Well, I, I would pop have to into have the a, EA Sports store. I'd have to have a base of operations. Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> gotta go check I just it. got this new game. Just going to go check out the internet cafe. Be back later. Yeah, GameStop. Don't wait up. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. If, is that what you would do? If you could come back and, and see something, just check out. I mean, I suppose it's not. A long enough timeline. Well, I, like my projection was like, by the time I'm coming back to see this, like, lo- like unless Lauren, Lauren un- she'll unlocks already be in, dead. Uh, yeah, in um, she'll outlive you 100. percent What do you call it? Invulnerability? No, just like long lasting life. Yeah, but well, the way I'm thinking is like hundreds of years in the future. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um, all my loved one. W- Loved ones would have died. She'll be there with anyway. you. She can come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lauren, come check out this video game with me. Just, <laughs> uh, to, just to, yeah. even in the afterlife, can't escape her. <laughs> yeah, just her exhausted spirit. Like again, <laughs> she's going to hell. Yeah, no matter where she goes. Yeah. Wait, hard. what? She's not going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, even if she's in heaven with you, you're oh. just going to be shown a video game. She'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm going downstairs." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call me when you're done with your video games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. No, she's great. Oh, she's awesome. Um, have you ever seen or any kind of like been near violent injury with fear of death? Like I have two. One was when I was in the line for a um, to go into a bar club kind of vibe and a guy got hit by a car real hard out the front, like to the point he got hit. The car was probably going 60K, didn't see him at all because he was just drunk or high, dressed all in black, 
and just like doing the dumb walk. And this car hit him full full speed. He probably got flipped like 12 feet in the air and Ooh. landed h- hard on the deck. Yeah, right. Fucking scary, bro. Like the sound of it is just so loud and hard. It's just... Was there blood on the pavement or like blood? He was like, bleeding out of his ears. And like, oh, it, it, really? He died. Oh, shit. He didn't die there, but um, I asked a mate who works at the hospital. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah. We had someone go up to that call. The guy died. And it's just like that's the first time I'd seen someone... Violent death. Well, yeah. Like yeah. not old, someone old or anything like that. And just thinking, shit. Like there was so many people around. A bunch of them sort of doing the same thing, just crossing the road at their own will and being too pissed yeah to really take note of their surroundings and then standing in line and i thought like i went to go over but i was like nah too many chefs in the kitchen right now there's so many people trying to help and surround him and i was just like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be able to help yeah in this way Um, like i just i've never i don't think i've ever seen anything like that but i like like just videos on the internet like i saw the the one that comes to mind terrifying enough is the the pictures of these two guys who weren't wearing helmets are in Thailand on holiday in Thailand riding a moped obviously could go fast enough or a motorbike or something no just wearing like shorts and singlets no helmets and it's like just like three pictures of the aftermath they'd hit a car or hit a pole or something they'd both hit the deck and they were both dead one was just like mangled up like the the torso had like done a 180 so that like you know the butt was facing the wrong way and the other one was like was all scratched up and grazed and stuff, but he was looking up into the sky with like gray eyes yeah. and basically like the back of his head had exploded and there was just like Fucking blood and brains. That one, like that's one where you like, you're just browsing the internet. And you oh, s- just something stupid. You yeah. s- it comes up and you're just like, oh my God. And like, so that one sticks with and me. And just burns itself into your retinas. Yeah. Like you can have, have it like something like that flash up on sc- on screen and disappear in a, in. A millisecond and still be like oh my god like it just sits yeah i think it's something this is why i think a lot of people in um like emergency first responder kind of stuff like police fireys ambulance you have to change something about your mentality to be able to do that work yeah absolutely like to prepare yourself for because there's a reason that it's horrific to see people in that position because it's fucking horrific and it should scare us yeah. and put the fear into us to act more safely and, and protect our own and bodies. And they, they, like, all those people have the darkest sense of humour because that's, like, one of the only ways to deal with it, right? you got to yeah. make jokes about it. Like. My, my, um, my, my sister's partner had a really horrible streak of just dead bodies and it was, like, a horrible time. But he, he told... He, he was... He's a cop. He, yeah, was he, he? He, was, he, was, he was cop. He's he, not anymore. He was um, a cop. And I think for mental health reasons to get out of it because it's just, like, this is horrible shit that I don't want to deal with anymore. But he told a story of because when you said about that half the torso being turned around, was there had been a woman that jumped in front of a train in Melbourne, and she got ran over, head taken off completely, torso turned around, the other torso completely turned around, um, and they they obviously put you know put her under the tarp, you know put the head under a little tent and do the whole thing, and then the sergeant or one of the higher ups that's been doing it so long that his humor is so fucked up and dark lifts up the tarp to see the twisted body goes nice tits and puts it back down this is a headless torso twisted 
mangled. Who knows how many times? That's grim. I mean, pretty funny, but grim. <laughs> <laughs> but, and they've got to do it. Like, I understand why they go to that dark humor place because you're just like, well, I've got to do something to protect myself. Because, mm. like, again, that you have to give up a part of your humanity to make that okay. Because it's so... It's not okay. Mm. It's fucked. Yeah, that is truly grim. And that's like... That's that kind of stuff. You can see why, like, it affects people so deeply. Like, if that's their job, dealing with that kind of stuff, like paramedics, yeah. and, and why they and have to prepare, or, like always. I think that's why the uh, the other like close contact with death I've had was playing football. Um, do you remember a kid, Stephen Buckman, Bucky? Oh, yeah. From high school? I forgot about this, but he, yeah, this, I'm surprised this didn't come up sooner. This is pretty traumatic. Yeah, well, well, just in this one, it was of like, because talking about how people mentally prepare themselves, particularly first responders, they're, they're in the car driving and here, right, it's been an incident here, and in their minds, they're just going through the worst possible scenario, going like, right, this is going to like build an image of the most fucked up thing in my head that I can think of, that's what we're going to get to, and then you, you get there... Nine times out of ten, it isn't at that level. So, you, you know, it's just that mental preparation to be ready for it. Um, with Bucky, he was only, I think he was 19 at the time. We, we were at football training and at the same time, uh, we both walked off. He walked off, well, it turns out because he, he thought he'd hurt his arm or he, he, was, having, he was having a heart attack. Um, but he walked off into the dressing rooms and then I walked off just because I was feeling lazy. He was like, oh, my leg's a bit sore. I'm going to go get a quick rub down and go home um and then by the time we got into the change rooms he was there and then he just had a heart attack and was just like it, it like in pain in pain in pain and then just hit the deck and it was me the club doctor who's not like a, a doctor doctor gp or anything um and a guy travis who was a fiery i at the time was a pool lifeguard so had cpr training like really fresh in my mind and obviously so did travis as the fiery um, and then we ended up like, he just went blue, like straight away. Like as soon as he, cause obviously his heart just went, oh, stop punching, uh, stop pushing blood. Just Im immediately. Yeah. So he just started going like real blue on the lips, like almost straight away. As soon as he hit the floor, we sort of like, you know, Bucky, hey, hey, hey. And he just went blue. And then Trav and I just looked at each other and we were like, all right, let's go. And just like jumped into, and then we were there on a cement floor in like footy shorts and cold fucking winter's night pumping pumping his heart for him for i think it took 45 minutes for the ambulance to get there oh that's fucked and up. then like he and i like it's fucking hard bro and bucky was a big boy um and just it I, I was surprised by how much it took out of us and then by the time the paramedics got there they just get you if, if you're doing okay and doing well and we weren't doing breaths for him well no we were sorry but mostly just doing um, compressions and then they get there. And if you're doing an okay job, they're like, all right, cool. We're just going to tube him up, do all this. And they like, so as we're continuing to do it, they tube him through the, the, through the mouth. And then they actually put one through his armpit and into his lungs to try and sort of get something going there. Cause he was, he was dead, man. And I could feel as we were doing the um, compressions uh, after about half an hour, I was like, these are getting a lot harder like he was just stiffening Going up. Going into rigor mortis. Well, I don't know if it's that, but he was he was getting stiff. Yeah. And then the worst, and the, like the whole time doing it, it it felt like this is going to be okay. Like, like Trav and I, we're on top of this. We're doing this really well. The paramedics are good here. It's going to be okay. But then 
the the moment it hit me, like I stepped back off him once they sort of got him onto the trolley, sat down in in the club room. So it's just like the, the, the benches around the um, skirts of the room. And then they opened the door to let his mum and dad come in to just see him because they'd been told, look, we'll just keep you out here. This is what's happening. We're working on it. Was this still in the club rooms? Like, so they'd come down and... Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Still in the club rooms. And then they came in and his dad... Stoic, but fucking white as a sheet, just holding on to his mum, who was hysterical, like just yeah. losing it. And then at that moment, I looked across to one of the guys in the room, a guy, uh, Brad Whitehead Sangers, who was a, like a senior member of the club, and just looked at him. And he kind of looked at me like it was like, what do you reckon? And as soon as he did that, I was like, oh, fuck, he's dead, man. Yeah. It was just... And then... It was just, I knew he was dead and they can't say it until he gets to the hospital. But I went, the rest of the team had all gone into the other part of the sort of the bigger club room area where, where they eat and talk and just sit down and have a drink. I went in there, had a quick sit down, ate, like had two bites of a roll and I was like, nah, fuck, I'm going to go hang out with my siblings and went straight to the cinemas and sat down with them in the movies and, and then got the text whilst I was in the movies that he died. And it was one that, again, it was just kind of a numb feeling. Like it just emptied me. Yeah. Because I, like I knew Bucky was friendly with him. We weren't mates. You know, we played on the same football team but or at the same football club. Yeah. But we weren't super close. But it, it was just seeing, I think that's the thing that I've learned the most now is seeing how death affects other people hurts me the most. Like seeing like my mum losing her partner and how hurt she is and how scared she was in his final days, seeing Bucky's mum and dad come in and just it just hitting me about how how much their life is about to change and how horrible this is for them and to lose their son, you know what I mean? Like their young son, like that fucking just broke my heart. And just I think it's – because it is, as uh, Pete's son said – at the funeral, um, what was it? When you're dead, you're dead. Um, you don't know you're dead and it only affects the people around you. The same thing goes for when you're stupid. Yeah. I thought, great opener Yeah, to, to a eulogy. But, and that's what it is. Like, like that was my first concern. We, we, we had known Pete was sick for a long time and my first concern was just mum. Yeah. I was like, okay, Pete's, like he, when he was here, it was like, well, he's still here. Motherfucker ain't dead yet. Let's hang out. Let's love him. Let's 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 do some fun shit. Talk talk smack and just nothing's different. Like in his final days, he had he was riddled with he had something going on in his in his, with his brain. He'd gone blind in his left eye. You never want to be riddled with anything. No, I mean, no, you know, you totally, know, it's all it's bullets or tumors. Yeah. You know what I mean? And his leg was fucked up, and he couldn't walk, and like there was a whole just a whole bunch of shit going on. But in those final days, it was like fuck it. I was in his wheelchair doing like monos with his eye patch on, sitting next to him and just chatting. It's like, well, you know, it's a horrible thing to see someone's body just break down and fall apart like that. But at the same time, he was there, you know what I mean? Like yeah. chatting to him giving, him, giving him a hug and telling him, getting, having the opportunity to just say, I love you and, you know, I'm going to look after mum. And that's the last thing he said was just, just look after your mum. I feel like such a whingy bitch saying like, Oh, I can't wait until it's over. Just like, it's <laughs> so exhausting. And he's like, and, and he's he was like, fighting for it. Sometimes brother. I'm tired. <laughs> and Pete's like, 
going through yeah like i'm that. blind in my left eye and i'm also just sorting everything out for my own death so yeah. uh get off your ass and go to the grocery store <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah that's uh i've forgotten about that story but my my only experience with yeah. that bucky guy because he like just from around summary you, you yeah. know you run into people i only met him like once or twice and it was at the opening of Hungry Jacks in Sunbury, and there was a whole bunch of like Sunbury teenagers standing Mate, around. There would have been a lineup around the block. There was, there was, yeah. And, and yeah, of course, this... you and Bucky are first in line. <laughs> well, like he he was just there, and someone was saying, yeah, the, um, I think we would have been like fourteen or fifteen. And one of the guys that I knew was like, oh yeah, uh, like introduced, said hello to him, whatever. And he goes away, and one of the other guys goes, yeah, it was real funny at school. He took up smoking and smoked an entire packet in one day and threw up threw up like hard threw up while he was in class all over his desk <laughs> so that's the only thing i knew about that guy um, oh I, I will say um one and and, and just testament to his mum and, and talking about the people that, that are left behind and um mourning and doing whatever she started the campaign from that point to get uh, defibrillators in every football club and sporting club around Victoria, and now it's passed. And as law, every every sporting club in, Australia, in Victoria, at least, has to have a defibrillator. And it's because of Bucky's death, because we didn't have one. Yeah, that she's been able to take that and make a really positive change and possibly save a lot of people's lives. So it's mm. pretty incredible. And that's like gone into other areas of um, workplaces yeah, and workplaces, doing the yeah. same thing. But I think she was a, 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 a very important piece of that campaign. I'm sure there were ones for, um, wor- uh, for workplaces and things, but hers was very specific to sporting clubs, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Well, and yeah. fucking good on her, man. That's sick. Yeah, at least something, there's a silver lining like that. Totally, and for people to take that pain and turn it into just helping others, I think that's what a fucking champion. Mm. Yeah, well, this got uh, rather philosophical, Sincere, really, yeah. <laughs> rather philosophical, and who would have thought? Heartfelt, yeah. love, death, and procrastination. Yeah. Um, so, do you does yeah? I I guess the to bring it back to that procrastination thing. Does it like you said? It doesn't make you want to. Um, I mean, do it does, more. look at, at times. Yeah, I mean, when. Uh, again, I think in my, in my way of thinking of it, it just makes me want to do more for other people. Like like the friends that I have or people that I will miss when they die. Like with, I want to spend more time with my mom and my dad and I want to make sure they're doing okay and, and, and have just genuine conversations with people rather than just chit chat. Like I don't want to waste my fucking life having small talk. Yeah. Because I got no fucking time for that anyway. Like let's do the big talk. Yeah, like I guess uh, for me as well, it, it like thinking about death makes me want to do more. But also, like I already do a lot of what I want to do anyway. Totally. Like I spend a lot of time with Laura, and I see I probably could see my parents a little bit more. I would like to do that mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, and I see think my brother and sister as well. And, yeah, and that's only like again through losing Pete, he was only sixty, so it was just like, well, you know, it can happen. It can happen pretty quick. We had enough time to prepare with Pete, but um, there's small, there's small ones like you know. It, it, if I lost you, I'd be devastated, mate. And I'm glad that we we spend a lot of time together now, and we we you know with the podcast we talk a lot, and we get to know each other. But I'd love to have that with a lot of people yeah. in my life. And I think for me, particularly family and a couple of close friends, you just got to make that time valuable so that if you know you left today and something happened, it'd be all right. Yeah, you'd be like, ah, oh, we gave it a good crack. Yeah, <laughs> gave and it a if nudge. you did, I would 100 percent walk up to your casket, knock on it, stick my ear to it. Oh, thank you. Just in honor. I appreciate it. No worries, um, brother. Final thing. 
I what would you put in your will just to just for your own benefit, like oh, God. pranks or anything like I, that? I mean, you lead the way because I know you've got one banked up. Obviously. Oh, I don't really. It's more just. I like, know you would have. You'd have something. Yeah, just, I, don't, I don't know. Stipulate that a certain person has to attend my funeral ceremony in their own, you know, naked yeah, or yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like just pick one person and be like, <laughs> my final wish, <laughs> Dan, is to you to come naked to my funeral. What? <laughs> he, he was kind of fading out there. Yeah, yeah, anyone hear him? He, he, was, delusional. he was delusional <laughs> in his final moments. Shame he wasn't all with it when he passed, but yeah. You would do it. Yeah. So. Oh, I totally would. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I saw a picture the other day of a, um, a guy at a funeral and he's wearing a dress, like a really tight dress that's in Scotland. And he like made the promise that with one of his mates that if either, either one of them died young, that the other one would have to wear a dress to Perfect. their funeral. So, yeah. Maybe um, we'll, we'll come up with our wills for next, for next podcast and yeah. I'll let you know what I want you to do. All right, cool. Well, yeah, this has been Procrastination Powers. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to get back to work.